Hi, and welcome to the 11th Womanthology podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton, and I'll be your host. Womanthology is a digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas, and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. In this episode, we're going to revisit some of the conversations with guests we met in 2020 and what they've taught us. As ever, we'll hear from Inesh Santos, who will share the details of the stories in the latest written issue. Back in episode one in July, when we were just coming out of the first lockdown in the UK, remember how great that felt? We heard from friend of Womanthology and MasterChef finalist turned entrepreneur chef, Sarah Dennison who featured in our very first written issue of Womanthology way back in 2014. Sarah has returned to her career as a critical care nurse to help on the COVID-19 frontline and shared with us what it was like to work in such an unrelenting environment. The environment is surreal. You had to do donning and duffing, PPEs, very hot, visors, specs, double gloves, tape around your wrists, uh, shoe covers, two or three pennies, one on top of the other, difficult communication with your colleagues, difficult communication with your patients, dehydration comes to mind and just exhaustion uh, all around. I strongly believe that if I had to do it, I would do it again uh, because that's what nurses do. And I'm very, very proud that I was part of um, this pandemic that we never really envisage. And that's what the lesson is, that uh, we never know what, what's around the corner and we need to be on the guard and overall try to be kind uh, with one another, not just during pandemics, <laughs> and uh, to respect, especially now with all this social distancing and it's, it's a big change for humanity. What we need to take stock of is that um, the, the, the world is, has become a different, different place altogether. In episode two, we spoke with Jennifer Titsopoulos, founding member at Board of Innovation New York, who's been doing a huge amount of work on the low-touch economy, a term coined by her consultancy company, to describe the adaptations organisations have had to make to their operations and business models as a result of COVID-19. The strategy for success in this time is adopting digital. So a digital is an answer to being a fast mover, but it's also an enabler. It's the first time we've ever seen technology being probably the most stable of all industries. So regulations are changing, uh, consumer behaviours are changing. Technology is actually pretty stable right now. It's your best bet to change your behaviors uh, and try something with AI or um, that chatbot you always want to do. So I think that's really interesting that that's usually the most disruptive space and it's starting to stabilize right now. In episode three, we chatted with our great friend, Dr. Helen Mees, about getting more women into STEM careers. She thinks things need to change. Here's how. There's still this idea that women shouldn't or can't do science or don't feel that it's a place for them. And so they miss out at those very formative periods of time, i.e. GCSE and A-level, to be able to then go on to do degrees in the subject. Now, there are universities that are now opening up that don't require you to have those science 
um, skills, those science backgrounds that you you learn again, learn by doing um, within the university. It's a much more practical approach, and I think that may be more appealing. I think uh, to young women. Uh, so I think there's an opportunity there. I think we need to have much more broad curriculum for young people. Uh, up to the age of 18. Uh, I think we are um, siloing people too early and not giving them the opportunity to become multidisciplinary in their skill set. We expect them to either do science or arts or languages. Um, And actually, all of those are valuable to a STEM career. In episode four, I spoke with Amber Villegas-Williamson, who is a technical consultant at Uptime Institute, about data centres and how they kept us all working throughout lockdown. Who knew so much went on behind the scenes to keep us all connected? I was having a look just before this chat and Ofcom 2020 have now said that the average UK home broadband is at 64 meg. So that's like a whopping, what, 25,000 times faster than it would have been in 1997 so you know they're, 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 we, we kind of moan when our internet uh, gets cut off or when it slows down so things like our hospitals things like your banking systems uh, everybody's work as well um, many people have moved remotely so that increase in traffic there has really impacted sort of the data center world and the thing that people don't realize when we're talking about cloud is that actually cloud is a data center so that is a building somewhere or several buildings somewhere where they have servers and they are housing stuff it's not sort of in the sky so you know it's it's one of those things that although covid has been devastating for us globally it has shown just the reliance that we have on on digital and digital tech and to be able to operate any digital tech you need data centers hey there my name is Ines santos i am the associate editor for womanphology and here i am again to tell you all about our final issue of 2020 talent takeover the stories include Hannah Kerr, first officer at Cargo Union, talks about how her dream of becoming a pilot was almost shattered when she lost her job as a result of COVID-19. She also tells us how sharing her story via LinkedIn post led to a global outpouring of support that lifted her up and helped rebuild her confidence, which is used to support others in the same position. Ella Podmore, materials engineer at McLaren, shares her passion for supercars and how honored she was to be shortlisted for the IET's Young Women Engineer of the Year Award. The results are due any day now. Also, Jacqueline de Rocas, president of Tech UK, the UK's technology trade association, tells us about the benefits of female leadership and how it is always possible for tech companies to find diverse talent if they search hard enough for it. Naomi Timberley, growth and innovation consultant at Alt Theory, informs us about Freelancer Her 100, a fully funded program that will create an opportunity for 100 female freelancers in the creative digital tech and media sector in Manchester to thrive. Holly Moore, solicitor apprentice at ITV, talks about the unusual but rewarding route she decided to take to become a solicitor by studying at university and doing a six-year apprenticeship at the same time. 
She tells us about all the benefits and reminds us that there is a suitable route for everyone. Joe Yarka, occupational psychologist at Birkbeck University of London, explains how behavioral economics and nudges can be used to improve gender balance. Last but not least, Isabel Davis, owner of Easy Lane, award-winning British fashion brand and leading voice for animal welfare in the fashion industry, tells us all about her new website, No Cash Club. This is a barter website specifically for small businesses, artisans, artists and freelancers to swap skills and stock. No money, no problem. Do check out our website www.womanfology.co.uk to read the full stories. And that is all from me. Happy holidays! In this episode, we're going to revisit some of the conversations with guests we met in 2020 and what they have taught us. In episode 5, we talk with our very own digital guru, Harvey Morton, and the topic of authenticity in diversity and inclusion came up. um, I mean, I've been um, employed by companies who kind of fake um, diversity and inclusion, but it's not something that you can fake. So hiring from kind of marginalised groups for the sake of diversifying the company, I think is really insincere. So no one wants to get a job because um, they've had disadvantages so that the CV might not be the best, but the company might still hire them anyway, just to tick a box. And um, no one person can be diverse in isolation. It's important to have um, a really good balance throughout the entire team and people do deserve to be recognised for potential contributions and how they will contribute. I think that um, diversity and inclusion is important for everyone because a diverse group can be a sign of a healthy and inclusive culture. So anyone who might be looking for a job at that company will notice if it's if it's a diverse place to work um a few years ago i had an interview for the apple store um and that was one of the most diverse um interviews i've ever been to and it was full of of quirky and and fun personalities and that's something that I've only ever seen and experienced once and it really does stick out in my mind. In episode six we spoke with Lalitia Davila about her involvement with the Royal Aeronautical Society and how it super powered her career. Have a listen. I think I've talked talk to the girls about the membership of the Royal Aeronautical Society. So uh, what I want to, when I talk about my advice to girls, when I say be brave, I don't want to be to someone who just talks. So I'll tell you my own story. Uh, I was a student when I started attending the RES events and I was not organizing anything. I was merely an attendee going to these events. And two things happened for me there. One, a call for a secretary was made. The previous secretary was leaving. And at the time, I didn't have any experience organizing such a, such a program. You know, and the, the lady who was before me, she was a senior manager. So, she, you know, I was a student. But then I thought, you know, I'm a, I have a student, I'm a student. I have time on my hands. I'll just apply for the position anyway and then see where it goes. Thankfully, she interviewed me. And it was a very scary interview, I'll be honest. Um, but I got the drill and it really has changed my life. 
because I've been exposed to this wide variety of aviation professionals. Possibly I couldn't have been in contact with many of these people if it were not for the RAS role. And in one of these events, I met my to-be employer. In episode seven, I talked with Professor Dame Athene Donald about the implications of COVID for gender balance in science. There's been some evidence gathered in the academic community showing that the number of papers or grants being submitted by women it is sort of falling behind. Whatever proportion you might expect between men and women, the women are finding it harder to, to do this while they are working from home. Now, of course, again, many men will be helping, doing, looking after the homeschooling and the childcare and all the rest of it. But on average, it's more likely to fall to the woman's lot. So that, that is a major additional hurdle in, in making it hard. And I think it's, it's a challenge if we look, say, a year or two ahead and you try and compare uh, applicants for a job or for promotion or whatever, uh, you know, one man, one woman, and you say, well, the woman's got fewer papers submitted. How do you factor in the fact that actually she was trying to juggle all these different demands on her time? And I, I don't know the answer. I think it is right that these questions should be asked, that it should be possible for, for people to say, well, I really have very little time because between looking after my five-year-old and writing a new lecture course, I couldn't do anything else. But you can't tell if people are telling the truth, of course. I mean, it's, you know, it's really hard to know how to, to take these things into account. But I think it will be down the road that we see the consequences. In episode eight, I spoke with Alex Evis of Emis. At this point, I should give a big shout out to Emis because they're one of our sponsors. Alex shared her motivation to work in the healthcare space. I get pretty enthusiastic about the, um, the potential to make a difference. You know, I'd like to think that the, that the people that join our team are also enthusiastic about it uh, because it's super exciting. I mean, if you think about the workforce of the NHS, I think it's about 70% female in terms of the care providers. It, it's one of those roles that's traditionally a bit gender biased, that there's more women in the care providing roles than men. Yet at sort of management level and innovation level, that, that ratio is switched. I think it's a real opportunity for women to get involved in building solutions that make the working lives easier of the amazing people that work in the NHS on the front line delivering care. Um, but also we're all patients, right? So all the work that we do in the analytics team ultimately benefits ourselves, you know, whether that's uh, lengthening our lives, making us healthier, keeping us fit. Um, and that's pretty special. You don't get to do that every day when you go to work. Really. In episode nine, I chatted with Jane Duncan, architect and past president of the RIBA, about the power of networking, volunteering and being a doer. I think we all need to be more Jane and get involved. What do you think? I do like having meetings and talking to people. If I'm going to put lots of voluntary time in, I want to make sure that we're going to get something out of it. So I don't think I, I would not qualify myself as a minimalist volunteer. Um, I don't go for lunch. I don't go for the chat. I go so that we can do things. And so all the way through my work at the Institute, I've done lots of projects to make 
a change to the industry and profession and architects and documents and knowledge and business skills and everything. That's really what it's all about. Before I knew it, I was recording episode 10. I chatted with Dr. Jody Akid, who's a happiness expert. We talked about self-care in the midst of COVID, but we also talked about what happens after, and I liked it. Maybe there is some light at the end of the tunnel in this truly terrible year. I like to hope so. When crises come to an end, whether they're personal or societal, there's sort of a reordering and a resettling of priorities that often come out of it, which you don't always do when you're in it because you're just in survival. You just, you don't look up, you're kind of getting by hour to hour, day to day, week to week. And certainly in COVID, it's been such a weird period because no one's even had anything to look forward to. So I think people have stopped looking up because that was just a disappointing outlook. (laughs) So again, you just focus on the here and now. But when you're through it, we're through it, I think it's going to be interesting. I think we'll, hopefully there'll be a period of us thinking, right, what does work look like now? How do we organise our lives now? What did we miss in COVID? What did we introduce out of necessity of invention in COVID that we're going to keep and we're going to hold on to? Um, So I think those conversations will be really interesting. And there is opportunity there. There's opportunity to reorganise our lives and our our relationship to work um, and our relationship to our colleagues that didn't exist at the beginning of 2020. Food for thought. So that's all for me in 2020. It's been a challenging year, but also an incredibly important one for me as it's the year I brought Womanthology back after a two year absence due to ill health whilst I was recovering from breast cancer. Shame about the timing, but on reflection, I wouldn't have chosen to do this in the middle of a global pandemic, but I did and we're back again and we're here to stay. I never felt like myself when I wasn't working on Womanthology. Sadly, that's all we have time for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of the podcast guests and people who've contributed to The Written Magazine. I'd also like to say a massive thank you to my awesome team who works so hard week in, week out to bring Womanthology to you. There's so much more to come in 2021, so please do keep listening and also spread the word. Remember, if you want to support what we do, then share the link for the show on social media and also subscribe. Your feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. So for now, all there is left to say is happy holidays and we'll be back in 2021. Take care and stay safe.